everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Extremely Opinionated Small Business Saturdays podcast with your host Tiffany Rain. Today we have a very special, special guest, Miss Tammy Cook, all the way from California, and her business is Somatic Healing. She is a person that you need to come to when you need to work on your skincare, when you want makeup for an event, when you need a deep tissue massage, when you have some trauma in your body that, uh, you know what, she can help you work out. She's very knowledgeable, she's very helpful to the healing of the body, and I think you can learn a lot about how she started and grew her business, and thanks for listening. Welcome to Extremely Opinionated. I'm your host, Dr. Travis and Tiffany from Small Business Saturdays. We hope that you can find something that you can utilize in your everyday life from our business owners who are thriving and successful today. Hopefully we can apply their life experience, expertise, and overall information that they have to share with us in our lives to improve it for the better. Thanks for listening. All right, Miss Tammy, thank you so much for having a podcast with us today. I definitely appreciate you coming out from Somatic Healing. Now, I've seen you on Instagram. I've seen your magic hands. I think you do. I have yet to experience it, but I am so curious, and I would love to experience your magic hands, as Sophie said to me. Um, But I just wanted to find out a little bit about you and how you came to be in this field. Wow. Well, um, that's that's a loaded question. I got into this field because honestly, I was a makeup artist first. And um, I just, when I would get my makeup done at the time, it wasn't, it colors for brown skins were still like, not as, um, let's say abundant. That's probably a good word. And everyone still didn't know how to work with our shades. So when I would do events like um, fashion shows or whatever, I just never liked the way I looked as far as like the makeup application. And I'm like, <sighs> so that's honestly what kind of jumped me into doing makeup. It was just like, I just want to look better in my pictures and look like how I look versus how somebody want me to look. Yeah. And, um, and then it like, once I started doing makeup, I really was seeing that a lot of people was covering up a lot of their imperfections versus um, working with their skin and again, learning how to see themselves as themselves and their naked form, for lack of better words, um, as still beautiful with or without the makeup. So that's what branched me into aesthetics because I wanted to be able to help people to be just as confident with and without makeup. And then as I was doing aesthetics, I became very close with massage therapists. I started seeing how they were always booked and people always wanted a massage. Like aesthetics is definitely still good, but like it's like 80% massage, 20% aesthetics. And I just looked at it honestly as just a financial opportunity. And that was it. And I was like, well, I want to learn holistically because my aesthetic school was holistic. And um, I went to massage school. I want to do deep tissue sports. That was it. And then, yeah, about that, the whole energy stuff started happening. And I'm like, what is this? I didn't even study this crap. Like, I want to just do deep tissue sports. And, like, people are having emotional releases. And I knew about all those things because my colleagues, well, is that the best word to say? Well, people that was in school with me, mm-hmm. they would do energy work. So I saw it. I'm yeah. like, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> I don't do that. Like. 
so when it started happening in my treatment room, it started freaking me out because I'm like, I didn't study any of this. So how is it happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's what kind of took me into that route. So it's like an evolution type of thing. No, I love that. And it and it's so true. Like, I think it's more of a calling than actually like, oh, I'm just going to study energy work or anything like that. I think sometimes it definitely calls you, like you're led to it. So I can relate to you on that aspect. Did you go to school in the Maryland area or was that LA? For aesthetics, I went to school in D.C., actually. Um, I went to the Vita Institute in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, I know and yeah that's where I went for my aesthetic training and for makeup I went to school for that too which was Von Lee and I went to massage school here in California which is IPSB and I also have a degree in psychology and I went to school at Norfolk State University I love that I have a a degree in psychology as well really yeah so it's like you never know where that degree is going to lead you you know what I mean it's like oh what what do I do with this I'm like I'm gonna be a doctor that's that's my goal and that's you know the trajectory I'm on and then life happens and you're like you know what no yeah 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 I'm I'm gonna heal people in different ways though because then a lot of Absolutely. the ways that I want to heal people, too, may not necessarily be in a psychology textbook, as I'm sure you know. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that. And I know that you moved from Maryland all the way to California, which is a long journey. And yeah. Process. So I just wanted you to walk me through, like, how that journey came about. Ooh, so... That journey came about, um, I want to say in 2017, I was kind of heard Los Angeles and I had no idea why I was not interested in Los Angeles, could give two craps less about Los Angeles. I was not a person who cared about like Hollywood and things of that sort. Like none of that was my jam. So I was really confused why Los Angeles came to me and it just kept happening and kept coming and it became louder and louder. And so in 2018, I was set and I knew I was going to move to Los Angeles. And um, my first day of aesthetic school, my teacher asked us how we wanted to see ourselves in the future. And I said, well, I'm going to be in Los Angeles and I'm going to be a professional makeup artist and I'm going to be an esthetician. I'm going to work on set and I'm going to work with the stars. And, And she was like, well, when are you going to do that? I was like 2010. And she said, why 2010? I said, I don't know, but that's the date that came to me. So 2010 is when I'm going to do it. And July 1st, 2010, I moved to Los Angeles. I was physically here in Los Angeles. That's when I birthed into the city. <laughs> I actually, I really love that because I think we are led a lot by our intuition if we listen. If yes. We listen. And I know you were saying this your 10 year anniversary since you've been there. How has yeah. that experience, I, just the LA experience been, and is it what you thought it would be? Mm, yes and no. <laughs> um, I remember when I first landed here, I went out with some girlfriends, and um, this guy was like, you're so happy. Where are you from? Because everyone knew I wasn't from here initially. I don't know how. I guess my accent was really thick. Um, I definitely didn't dress the way people dressed out here. So it was just 
it was like a sore thumb like clearly she's not from here um and I was like oh I'm from Baltimore and I just moved here like this week and I was like fresh off the boat for lack of better words and he said oh that's why you're so happy give it a year or that's what he said to me give it a year or two and I think you'll be a little different I said well being as though I grew up in Baltimore City and um, a lot of people probably wasn't that happy there. I, know, I think right. I'm going to be just fine here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. And 10 years later, I'm still singing that same tune. <laughs> no but happy. still happy. But Los Angeles is what I expected to a degree. And it wasn't mm-hmm. to a degree. Because I didn't think that, honestly, I would find myself mm-hmm. here. Because that's not what I was seeking. I was seeking to be a makeup artist and an esthetician on set and to the stars. Done. I found my soul journey. I found the deeper aspects of myself. And I bloomed into a fully expressed knowing and sound woman so I did not expect that because I wasn't on a spiritual journey when I came here I was just on a get it done journey um so yeah so that's why I say yes and no because I wasn't expecting that and that's not why I came here but I knew it was a calling because I never had a concrete answer why I should move all the way across the country when I could do the same thing in New York, where I could do it in, you know, certain aspects of like DC, Maryland area, because it was up and coming. Um, obviously not working on set, but you know, like still you can do makeup, you can do aesthetics, and you know, there's definitely places that have a pristine type of clientele. So it's it was very feasible, but again, I just it was a calling. So I chose to listen to the call and I was young. So I'm like, all right, I lose a job, I leave some family behind. If it doesn't work, I still can come back. You could always come back. I can always come back, but I was like, Mm -hmm. but I I felt like I couldn't always move forward in that direction. Like I felt like it was a window of an opportunity where I had to just jump into it or it may not be as accessible if I waited longer. So I just dived in. I, I think that's awesome. When it comes to that move, did your family and friends support you or were they like, you're crazy? I don't think we should go. Like, how did that mission work? Really? Like, that's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be transparent, um, my family overall did not support me. Um, my mom and my sister did. And I would say my aunt, one of my aunts did. But my family overall thought I lost my god darn mind because they're like, one, you're leaving a job that you have. Um, you don't know anyone. Los Angeles does not have the best reputation. Um, a lot of people think of Hollywood. They think of people losing themselves. It's this, you know, the city of Los Angeles. Like, it's just a lot of negative connotations. And plus, you're thousands of miles away from everything you know. So my family didn't quite get why my friends were supportive because my friends know I'm ambitious and they're like you know honestly it's really extreme 
but if anyone can do it, I really feel you can. And that's what my friends said. So like I had a going away party and my friends like came out and they supported me and it was so beautiful. And when I had like my going away party for my family, I, that feeling was not as um, liberating. I actually felt very sad because I felt I wasn't supported. And they was like, well, when you're, when you come back, it was kind of like that. Like when you come back or if you need to come back and it was just like, not like pulling me back before I could even move forward. And I, I'm like, I'm not coming back. Like I just knew I wasn't. And, um, yeah. So now, you know, 10 years later, my family is surprised and <laughs> accepting of me because it's like, it makes no sense that you have a degree and you're now going to pursue a career as an, what is an esthetician exactly? Like, why are you going to do makeup? Like, it just, it seems so beneath mm. a degree, mm. you know? So it just didn't make sense. And, and I feel they didn't support me, not because they didn't support me as a person, but because when you operate in a very logical mindset, when things doesn't make logical sense, it's easy to deny it and denounce it and say it's wrong and to judge it especially if no one else has done it. Like nobody in my family was a makeup artist, was an esthetician. Like nobody in my family was into the beauty industry or wellness industry. Like, no, like the closest thing is a nurse. That was like the closest thing, but very practical. So um, they knew I was always different. That was clear. Um, I was nicknamed wild thing when I was younger by my <laughs> uncle. <laughs> Because I just was very, like, far out there sometimes with how I behaved and how I thought. I just never mm -hmm. thought like everyone else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, now they they see what I do. They, they see it's more yeah. than that. And, um, and I think they're pretty, like, excited about it all. I think they got a little stress when all this stuff happened because they're like, oh my gosh, like now what are you going to do? You can't work. And, and I'm like, yeah. you know, I felt that way initially, mm -hmm. but you know, divine timing is everything. And I'm just looking at this as my little um, resting period where I can just tune in and tap into more than a title yep. at this point. Like, I've been an esthetician, a makeup artist, an educator, you know, an energy worker. And um, it's time now to just kind of strip the titles away and then birth my trueness mm. and allow that to be my emanating aspect of self versus all these titles. Mm. So I'm just taking that as like this opportunity to reset and, um, readdress my my bigger purpose mm. my bigger why I love that I love that that's awesome Thank you. I know when you first got to LA you were telling me that you were working at the sports club which I <laughs> now has a different name but ultimately would you say that working there helped with like building relationships with clients or would you say that not really maybe like what how did that I guess, assist you in your personal business? Uh, absolutely. I would say it definitely helped me build uh, just like 
knowing how to relate to people because when you work in a sports setting people again have a different mindset so when it comes to even like aesthetics and massage it was very corrective mm. so and at my particular location they embraced uniqueness so the more modalities you knew the more um, techniques you had any fear about like that was prized mm. and they wanted that so they it kind of pushed us to further our education a lot it really pushed us to be um, above and beyond. It pushed us to be very logical and practical so that we can deliver results. Because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a gym. Though it was a fancier sports club, sports very fancy club. Yeah. sports club, um, <laughs> it's still ultimately a gym. And what do you go to the gym to do? You go to the gym to get results. Right. What do you go to a sports club to do? You go to a sports club for an experience. Yeah. You go for a sports club for um, like a status thing. So I also learned too, like people that have or perceive to be, to have status, what they expect, what is valuable to them. So to me, that was priceless because if you're not exposed to those types of mindsets, because that's the difference. It's not per se the people that's different, it's the mindset. Mm -hmm. You then get to understand business from a different lens because now you're dealing with business people that are running multi-million dollar companies and you know they are themselves have multi-million dollars so they just have a different mindset so be, having that exposure to that type of mindset definitely helped me to grow with clientele and to attract that type of clientele because again it's the psychology Absolutely. behind the people so no, I love mm -hmm. that. You say, I guess, being in that atmosphere kind of helped you build on your self-confidence to where it propelled you into saying, you know what, I could do this myself on my own. Let me start my own business. I can learn here, but ultimately I know I have to expand, start my LLC and just do this full time on my own. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, like, yeah, at first you, you go through this insecurity because you work for these major companies. And I was honestly very blessed. Like my first job straight out of aesthetic school was at the Ritz-Carlton. Oh, wow. So I know. So um, I never worked at, and it's nothing wrong with, you know, certain places. And I'm not going to name any just to not disrespect any places, but certain places where people generally go like standard massage places and standard aesthetic places that it's kind of like a, what's the word called kind of like they create an experience but not really it's like very by the book yeah you know they're going to rub your leg rub your arm things that sort um when you kind of work in a place that really like a sports club that is really about because that's what I honestly learned the most I worked a lot of different places and I worked in like five-star, four-star luxury hotels, but honestly, where I learned how to, like, stand out as a therapist was Equinox mm. slash sports club. That's just the truth, because, again, these people are spending a lot of money, right? So sometimes when they go to hotels, they just know they're spending the money, because it's the hotel. They're paying right. for the name. Yeah. So that's, again, when the insecurity comes in, because it's like, well, why would you pay for me if you're coming for this place specifically for this name. Mm -hmm. But when I worked at like a sports club or Equinox, they, yeah, they went for the name, but at the end of the day, it was about the technician. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, does such and such do, and it's like, 
No. Okay. Well, I don't want them. I yeah. want this person. So it, it, it became, it switched my perspective because I'm like, yeah, it's definitely location that's attracting them in, mm-hmm. but they're, the modalities and the techniques of the technicians is what's keeping them coming back. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, learning more about law of attraction, I'm like, if this is what they want, then I will attract that yeah. into my life if I can pretty much be what they're seeking. So it's like I already have the solution to their quote-unquote problem. And so now they will seek that out. And L.A., once you just got a reputation, hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully it's a good one. It's like it just, it will will find you. It's just the most unique thing. It's something you have to really experience. But it really will find you. And I never took like any clients from Equinox or sports club. And I was like, come see me or anything that sort. But like, literally I will have like a friend and they're like, Hey, I want to introduce you to a client. And then that client will introduce me to their friends and their friends and their friends and birds of a feather flock together. So people that have certain resources, they hang around people that have resources. Hmm. So it's like, that's how you kind of get into it yeah. or how I got into it mm-hmm. is from that constant word of mouth. And again, these were former coworkers. So mm-hmm. if I didn't have relationships with my coworkers, Absolutely. I honestly would have not gotten, I want to say a strong half of my clientele, if not more Wow. Mm-hmm. outside. Like when I started building my own, if it wasn't for my coworkers who sent people or friends or like, you know, some people I worked with somehow, some way was like, oh, I, I got this girl for you. You should go see her. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. And it's just like, and then that person loves you. You show up, you show out, and then they tell another friend and, and it just keeps going. So that's how I honestly grew is just really making sure I had my techniques underneath of my belt. I knew how to speak anatomically and also meeting people where they are. Like I can't have a conversation with a doctor the same way I can have a conversation with a pro athlete or, you know, so it's like, they're going to speak. They may know the same language. They're going to speak it differently. One is going to be more in tune with their physical body. One is going to be in tune with the mental knowing of the body. So it's like, you got to learn how to switch hats. And that's another thing I had to get really good at. It's like knowing how to meet that person where they are and allow the therapy to meet that need as well. That's awesome. And I know you were Mm -hmm. just talking about like the law of attraction, which is great. Um, A lot of people use it. A lot of people just, hey, they may not know about it yet, but um, (laughs) I just wanted to know how important spiritual balance is to you in your life. Uh, It's very important. In, In my honest opinion, and this is me speaking in a more grown-up manner, I feel everything happens in that realm first, and it trickles into the physical realm. Um, To be very honest, that's where I'm at. And so if you have no awareness of spirituality, if you have no awareness of the unseen realm, you only operate in what you see. So it's hard to have faith, because what is faith? not seeing, not knowing, just hoping and trusting that fill in the blank. So when you tune into that spiritual aspect of yourself, you then can create miracles. You then can perform what appears to be healing acts 
because you are tuned into a frequency that people are not generally tuned into. So to them, it appears like miraculous healing or healing itself, when in all actuality, it's just beingness. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of your beingness once you know how to tap into your human beingness. And you can then miraculously change and transform yourself. But when you are only operating in the linear way, those miracles, those inevitable, endless opportunities and possibilities are no longer in your grasp because you've eliminated that out. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was the game changer. Like that's honestly when my career dived into a whole different realm because I started looking at things beyond just massage and this and that. Like I started seeing the bigger picture and like, wow, yeah, I'm working with certain people, but what am I really working with? And why am I attracting these people into my life? You know, and I started questioning things on a different level and it helped me to deeply appreciate the gift that I have because it is a gift. And when you know you have a gift, you can share that gift with others and you can ignite them to start t sharing their gifts yeah. with others. And we can create this snowball effect of true abundance because people now know that they have so much wealth within themselves that that internal wealth yeah. generates the external wealth. Right. So, That's yeah. definitely more priceless than money could ever be. Ever. <laughs> ever be. So I, I love that you explained it so well. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I know you were just talking about, um, you let me know earlier that there were three things that you were saying your clientele loved about you. And I think it was privacy, quality, and uniqueness. So are these qualities that you already had initially, or did you have to develop them and grow into them? And how, how do they work for you? Um, I want to say I innately have them, had them, have them. And, um, they were further harnessed mm -hmm. as I grew mm -hmm. um, as a professional and within myself because mm -hmm. I'm a very private person. So like I said, ever since I was younger, people knew they would tell me a secret and that secret was pretty much good in silence yeah. because I'm not saying anything. And most times I would forget about it because people <laughs> told me so much stuff. And they're like, remember when I told you about that? I'm like, like oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got it now. I got it. So, um, I just always appreciated privacy. Yeah. I always loved people that had this unique talent and this just like authenticity about them. And, um, what was the third one I said? It was privacy, privacy. uniqueness, quality, uniqueness and quality. So like at the end of the day, like if you've ever gone to like a high-end restaurant mm -hmm. and you've had a meal there and then you go to like a regular schmegular restaurant and have a meal there the quality not only of the food mm -hmm. is very different the experience is so different because they generally people that really love what they do and they're they take a lot of pride in it they're going to hire people that try to do that same thing so that can be constantly reenacted and when you just have a job you're just doing a job it's honestly felt you'll go somewhere and you're like man 
that food sucked because the person that cooked it yeah. wasn't in it. And then you'll go to the same place that may be a lower end place, but you have someone that's so passionate on that like grill or whatever they're cooking and they cook the same meal and you're like, I don't know who cooked that, but that was so freaking good. And it's like, well, how is the same recipes, the same place, but the quality is different. It's because the quality of the person is different. And I started seeing that my clients just valued that because when you're dealing with clientele that are celebrities that, you know, have insane bank accounts, yeah. um, they really are mindful of their privacy. They don't want everybody in their business. They don't want to feel like they're being um, paparazzi. They don't want to feel like that they cannot be themselves, that they have to be on guard. And at the end of the day, you're seeing them, like they're not obviously fully sprawled out naked on your table, clearly, but they are naked on your table. They are without their makeup. Mm -hmm. on your table so you're seeing them in their rawest form and they need to feel safe because they have more at um like more to lose Mm -hmm. than a quote-unquote average person so you know I just I knew that and again I worked at places where that was just what it was like we used to sign contracts because we couldn't disclose who we met who we talked to and interestingly enough when I started working with my private clients same type of clientele out of my entire career privately going to people's homes I'm in their houses I'm touching their touching their pets and playing with their kids and everything I've only signed one NDA wow one that's impressive it is and they've all been word of mouth Mm. so and that one NDA was it was for a company I worked for so that was the only reason why I had to sign it Mm. and it was like they even was like wait a minute you're telling me you work with this type of clientele and no one has ever ever made you sign an NDA I'm like no I've never signed an NDA except for that one time Mm. so again like it doesn't even make sense that I would be in these people's homes and I wouldn't sign anything but wow I didn't and I nev- and that's why I never, a lot of people may not even know the type of clientele I have because I don't talk about it yeah. on social media. Like I don't pub all the celebrities I work with and this person because again, to me, I'm like, I used to be very frustrated within myself because there's so many professionals that call themselves like a celebrity this and a celebrity that. And I would like kind of beat myself up. Like, why are you not capitalizing on this like people you would get more clients if you shared who you worked with and I knew that from a marketing perspective however I felt that the reason why I got these clients was because I was always so private and I never disclosed that who I was working with and that's probably why I never signed an NDA except that one time so I'm like well what's more important to show the world that I have these type of clients and I work with these type of people or to know it within myself and continue to have that coming my way because I ju- it just is. That is the truth. That's not the only clientele I work with, but that is the truth. So at the end of the day, I work with humans. Mm. I work with people. They're human. So that's who I work with. And so, you know, that's really helped me to maintain a certain type of clientele as well as working with everyone else. And they not... Not one client feels a difference. 
when I work with them. You and some of the times, again, I don't know a lot of celebrities that much. It's probably why I've never really liked me because they can feel like I don't think she knows who the heck I am because I really wouldn't know. Sometimes, like I don't know who that is. Who is that? And then so like a friend would tell me like, "Girl, it's such and such." I'm like, "Come again?" Like I really <laughs> didn't know. And um, and so I would treat them like I would treat anybody because I did not know who they were, mm-hmm. and I honestly didn't care. Like what's going on with your tissue? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, and they just, they, it's a feeling. Yeah. They felt it. So again, that's kind of helped me to grow in that manner. And even the people that aren't that they felt like, oh my gosh, I, this is the best treatment I've had because they felt I cared mm-hmm. regardless of who they were. I care. Yeah. So, Yeah. I love that a lot. I, I really do. That was the jewel you just dropped. That privacy thing is a big deal. I wish people, <laughs> more people knew that. And uh, <laughs> and just being an authentic, authentic person overall, I think is important. And um, you embody that. So that's, that's pretty dope. I wanted Thank to ask you. you about marketing. Because I mean, a lot of people think it's a big deal, or they don't know how to do it. They're trying to learn how to do it. But I think you just dropped some good jewels on the best way to market is pretty much being authentic and, and uh, doing a good job. But are there any other tips that you would give people when it comes to marketing their business? I'm probably not the best person to give tips on marketing because I am not the best marketer. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I think I'm one of those unique cases where I really didn't have to do what most standard people do to get clientele or to get business. If I market it truly, I would probably be way bigger than what I am now. If I actually did market myself. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, and so I want to say, I don't think I have the best advice for that because I'm more about quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And I really don't like once, once you start like really pushing and marketing yourself, it's like, again, who do you want to attract? Mm. And I don't want to work with everybody under the sun. I don't. I don't want to work with people that has no conscious, no conscious awareness of their mind-body connection or honor their temple. Mm. I really don't. I, I don't want to work with people that just wants a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And they don't want to address getting out of these holding patterns that keep them in pain. That's really not my clientele. Like, so... When it comes to marketing, I don't really push it because I am more selective. Um, and obviously, now is a unique situation. But when I, before this all happened, I wanted to be selective and I wanted to be exclusive, not excluding, mm-hmm. but exclusive. Because once you have a niche and you really know what it is you do, you're probably not going to be attracting the masses. Mm-hmm. You know, so for someone who wants masses, I think they would need someone who does marketing, like traditional marketing to teach them how to market themselves. But I'm not looking for that. So I'm more about like quality over quantity. So in that regard, I feel one word of mouth is the best thing um, to be your brand, like to, to be your brand. So like when people see me, a neighbor, for example, we always speak, hey, how you doing? And one day he stopped me, he's like, what do you do? And I'm just like, 
what? How did that question? But the way he asked it was by his him observing me. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I'm only walking my dog, so I'm not doing much. But for some reason, I guess the way I dressed, yeah. um, the way I carried myself, how I would greet him, he was just curious of what do I do? And I told him that now that makes total sense. And so, but he knew I had to do something in that realm because I just embody it. So to me, that's the most authentic marketing is embodying it, um, maintaining healthy relationships with your clients and letting them know how much you appreciate them. And you really appreciate wanting to grow your business and want to attract more people like them into your business. Do you have a friend you would want to send my way or, you know, share your experience, like using Yelp, using Instagram, um, Facebook, to have people speak about their experience? Because at the end of the day, a facial is a facial is a facial. A massage is a massage is a massage at the end of the day. What makes it unique is you. What yep. makes it unique is the experience. What makes it unique is honestly the attention to the details. Mm-hmm. So it's like those things are priceless. Yeah. And that's going to, again, going to change the price. So like I don't have to probably work on as many clients because my prices, they're not super expensive in all honesty, but they may be like, average to a little bit higher depending on the service that you're getting um so I don't have to work as hard right because again I don't want to work on five clients every day all day in order to make ends meet like that takes a lot of energy right so I really want to be able to work on maybe like a few clients here and there and still be able to have more than enough revenue coming in my way and take care of myself and have quality of life so when it comes to marketing, long story short, I really feel before you, you market anything, you really need to know who's your audience, what's your niche, right. what do you offer, why are you offering it, mm-hmm. and ultimately, why would they want to see you? And then from there, you can then create um, experiences and um, information and resources to have people find what they're seeking, which is you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Would you be interested in furthering your business to where people are working for you as opposed to you being the only one going out there making it happen? Yes, Uh, eventually, you know, I have really big um, goals. Even in all this that's happening, I really see how um, an opportunity is being paved to create a um, current lane and expanding that lane of wellness in our industry and really helping therapists to see and experience the depths of their gifts so that they can then again share that and it just continues to grow this energy field of wellness so eventually yes I want to be able to well I mean I've already started because I was teaching classes and everything so that was kind of like me branching into that realm of having people kind of not per se work for me but having them find the work within themselves and like again creating a deeper experience therapeutically and eventually I do want to be able to pass the torch on and have maybe a few people that can really understand overstand and understand wellness Mm -hmm. and be able to provide that for clients um 
and I work with a few clients here and there. And, you know, I have a baby that is in its developmental phase. Um, I'm hoping she'll be birthed September, okay. hopefully, maybe October, depends. Mm -hmm. um, but I am in the midst of creating something now, I have been creating it since April, um, late March. And once she's birthed, it's really going to allow me to kind of step away slowly from the treatment room, working with my select clients here and there, you know, um, but stepping more away from the treatment room per se and stepping into a grander space of educating, um, providing tools and resources for professionals and individuals and really creating this experience of wellness and um, living and embodying it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I would love for you to connect with our team because we would love to help you expand and uh, Thank you. grow and deliver that baby that you have. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to share a little bit of it at all, but uh, I know you were saying a little bit about, you know, those beautiful uh, head scarves that you have. Um, <laughs> maybe that's a part of it, possibly. Not quite. Not at all. Um, very different. Okay. I w what I can say is that it's something that's created with intention. It's something that's created with purpose. Perfect. It's going to help people to maintain um, their current state of wellness and enhance it. Mm -hmm. And it's going to help to bring a perspective to um, a traditional experience that is more um, rich and full. So, um, yeah, that's, I know it's very broad, but okay. it's, it's just, it's a labor of love. Let's say that that's being created. And I'm really, it's on, like nothing is new under the sun, you know? So what I'm creating is nothing new. Like, let's be clear. Um, it's new for me. It never came from before, so it's new. Right. It's never came from me. And, um, and I, while I'm creating this, I'm really, I'm seeing the beauty of other people's creations, you know, whether that's a product, whether that's a scarf, whether that's clothing. It, when, you, when you step out of a consumer mindset and you step into a creator yeah. mindset and you really create something that people are going to use um, on a larger scale, hopefully, it really makes you appreciate so much more everything you pick up that you physically have to purchase because now you know how at least a glimpse of how much work goes into one thing mm. absolutely so, yeah I, man that's great and i was just thinking about um having a purpose-built life mm. um what you sound like is someone who's working in their purpose for their purpose through their purpose and I want to know, like, what is peace to you? Peace to me mm -hmm. is freedom. Freedom. That's peace. Like, you can be free to be all that you are, um, all that you can be. You can be free to change and move and switch and flipping whatever you need you can be limitless mm. and 
that within itself is peace. Um, so I would say freedom is in its true sense, you know, on every level. You know, we, we think of freedom sometimes very restrict in a restricted way. But just imagine, like, when you look at nature, yeah. like, in its truest form, you never see this tree trying to fight this tree because that tree is too skinny or that tree is too tall and this branch is on my branch. Like, sometimes I love to see what trees choose to, to grow with. Mm. So I always love when I see, like, flowers growing out of a tree or, you know, one time I saw, oh, my gosh, these roses literally leaned on a tree. It wasn't even by the tree. It like literally grew and leaned on the tree and started to wrap around the tree. And I'm like, this is amazing. And the tree didn't like get bigger, try to bust the roses off. It was just like, you know what? We gotta look good together. Let's 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 do this. And I just, I, I just really look to nature to see how it chooses to be, you know, because it's so true. Yeah. It's so true, and it's so free. Mm -hmm. you know especially like butterflies you see them just doing their thing like and I love butterflies they're just always kind of solo you rarely see like a whole bunch of butterflies together um but you see them like in their in their in their mission mm -hmm. and they just seem so light like they're just going from flower to flower just having their moments and they just are and again like I said that's that's peaceful that's peaceful and once we can be able to be no matter who and what you are, no matter how rich, how poor that's perceived to be, or your your ethnicity, or your differences, or your likeness. Like, if people can just be them, as long as they're not physically harming some someone else and doing damage to someone else, how peaceful would it really be if people just could be them? Mm -hmm. And just not not have to trip over things. Like if it's not harming you, let them be them. So to me, like I said, that's to me when I think of peace, I really think of just freedom. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't have said that's awesome. <laughs> really. I would describe it pretty much the same way. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I love that so much. Thank you. Okay, so. Tammy, what is like the best advice you ever received from anyone? Who and what was it? And when was it? Ooh, I've received a lot of good advice. I want to pick the thing that comes to the top of my mind because it was so different. Um, and it was from my grandfather. He has transitioned on. And he did he was a man of very little words he didn't talk much he didn't say much he was very um non-expressive he was just mm -hmm. straight face and he looked at me and he said you can do bad all by yourself and at first i'm like what and and when he was saying that he was referencing how like people get with other people and it's all this like they're not happy, but they want to seem like they are happy because they're with someone, mm. but they're in a bad state. Mm. And so he's like, well, you can do bad all by yourself. Like, you don't need to hold on to something that's not good for you and be bad in it. Mm. 
Mm. If that makes sense, like what he was trying to pretty much say is that why be with someone or with people miserable mm. instead of really being happy by yourself? And that's why he said it in that word, like you can, you can, you can do bad all by yourself. Like, mm. like you, like don't, Huh. Cause I'm like it's, it doesn't sound as good as I'm like, cause I knew it. Cause my brother said he was a man of very little words, but I knew what he was trying to say. Yeah. So like listening to it, it's my like, well, why would you do bad all by yourself? Cause that's if you take it that way. But if you look at it from a different lens, and you can see what he really was trying to say is like I said, why you you can do bad by your you can do bad all by yourself. So why be in situations where people are making you unhappy like why be unhappy with people mm. why yeah just be free by yourself that's what he was pretty much saying mm. but again he just wasn't a man of a lot of words so it was like you had to read the code yeah which was what he was saying like i will it's better to be happy by yourself than to be bad with someone else yeah like so yeah. that that's that's definitely one. Um, and another one that was really good was um, you have to become what you're looking for is looking for. Ooh. <laughs> I, I want to say, I would probably say, because like I said, I, I could feel what my grandfather was saying. So that may be um, hard to receive from an audience perspective. But this one is more very to the point mm. um you have to become what you're looking for is looking for mm. and i was introduced to that quote um, in 2012 and it was from this preacher and i don't remember his name but he was given a sermon it was pretty much a young lady who was um like lusting over this boy and she was just like mom he is so this this and this and that and her mom looked at her and said honey a boy like that wouldn't want a girl like you Ooh. And mm. she wasn't trying to be super mean to her daughter, but mm. pretty much her daughter was not on the same caliber mm. as that boy. So she's like, why would he pretty much want you mm. if you're not that? You ain't it. And so um, so when he said that, he was saying, again, like, you have to become what you're looking for is looking for. And to me, that made so much sense. It was so deep. And it's so layered if you really sit with that. Mm. Um, because a lot of times people want all these things again, like, like I want to have this, I want to have this, I want to have this, I want to have that. But it's like, but you're not that. Right. You're not that. So you're trying to do this uphill battle when if you just kind of release that and you become that, you will just like Thor and his like hammer. You yeah. just will literally put your hand out and then like the hammer will come into yeah. your hand yeah. and it's yours. It's mm -hmm. magnetic. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, that's what I really, really helped me in my growth, especially in Los Angeles, was understanding your magnetism. Mm. That's it. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, I think what you're saying is not just for personal and romantic relationships, but friendships, business relationships, health, mental health, all of those things. I mean, I think you definitely need to embody it first 
then it's mm-hmm. to you. That's great advice. What, yes. What advice can you give people who need to or would like to be more tapped in with self? Recalling. Okay. Recalling. At some point, every person has had this thought or this feeling that they didn't listen to mm. and they went against it. And they're like, man, if I would have, then blah, 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 fill in the blank. So I would say recalling is really powerful because if you can recall every time you didn't listen to that voice or that feeling and what you didn't want to happen actually happened because you didn't listen, it will help you to then tune in to yourself because you're like, I I remember last time I didn't feel good when I went into this space and this happened and I have that same feeling now. I'm going to listen to that feeling and I'm not going to go to this point. Even though it doesn't make logical sense, I just remember that feeling, recalling. So I'm going to choose that. And so honestly, again, this is what massage therapy taught me. I would be in a treatment room and literally a thought would come to my mind. I'm like, that must be me. I'm tripping. And I wouldn't say anything or like something really unique happened. I was working on a client and every time I went over a part of their body, like it was a part of their leg, literally it felt like electricity was shocking my hand. And I was like, ow. And I'm like, okay. And I went over it again. And again, the shock went into my hand. I'm like, ow. And so after it was done, I said, I know this will sound super weird. Did something happen to your leg? They're like, oh my gosh, how did you know? The only person I ever picked up on that was like some intuitive person. And um, it was only one person that ever picked up on this injury that happened to their leg. But I kept feeling this electrical pulse in my hand every time I went over that spot. So I was like, okay, that was weird. But all right, I'm gonna roll with that. Mm. And I'm and different things kept happening in my treatment room. Like I was working on someone and I went to work on their sacrum and their sacrum felt really weird to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's weird. I've never felt a sacrum that felt that way. And so once we were done, I was like, hey, random question. Um, did something happen to your sacrum? And they just looked at me and it was like, when I was like freaking seven, mm-hmm. it was like, wait, do you think that's why my, cause they had this chronic hip pain they could never get rid of. And I was the only person that felt that their, their, their um, coccyx was actually bent in. So instead of it being like this, like this is the sacrum and this is like their coccyx, it was like this. Oh. So I was like, wow. I think your coccyx got bent in and it never like healed properly or something like that. I said, I'm not a doctor. I don't have an x-ray vision. I can't tell you all this stuff, but this is what I, palpated and and she was just blown away because again no one ever brought that up no one ever felt it no one ever associated potentially with her hip pain Mm -hmm. I never saw her again so I don't know what was the results but um but again I just trust what I sensed Mm -hmm. and other things would happen I might smell something which was very weird but I would smell things I might like a thought would come into my mind or I would just start talking about something. I was like, you know, for example, you might see, you know, a spider crawling. And they're like, oh, oh my gosh, how did you know the spider was my favorite? And, like, and I'm like, I, I didn't know. So it's like those things kept happening. Yeah. So again, once I'm like, well, if this is happening in my treatment room, say if I would apply this to life, 
Mm. And I would just trust what I'm sensing and what I'm picking up on and just trust it. Mm. And that's what really helped me to tune into myself. It's just remembering all those times I didn't trust it, trusting it, and then now embodying that and living that. And so I recommend that to people. Like, you'll, you may sense something, trust it. Once you do that, it's hard to sit with yourself. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people say, meditate. Mm-hmm. It is hard to meditate if you don't know what meditation don't is. Don't know. If you don't so, know. If you don't know. But if you do, meditation is another great tool mm-hmm. with tuning in. Mm-hmm. Also, to me, the best way of tuning in is feeling. Like I said, like just sensing, like how, how do you feel when you listen to a certain song? How do you feel when you talk to a friend? How do you feel when you go into work? How do you feel like just tuning into those things? Because that is your pretty much like your barometer is telling you what's going on. You just haven't listened to it. So once you can learn how to listen to that and actually do something about it, then it will help you to start trusting your navigation. That's your inner compass so that you can start navigating through life. And it's okay to make um, errors because you actually learn from those. Detours. (laughs) Detours, (laughs) right? Absolutely, absolutely, right? Mm -hmm. So, and and again, people get um, like very deterred by that and they're like oh I messed up so they don't want to do it again but that's good because again if you didn't have that experience you wouldn't know how to move when that experience comes again so now when it comes again you could be like oh I remember that oh now I know to move left or I know to move right so like everything is a school this is the school of life they call it that for a reason earth is the school of life yes yes so, like, just enjoy the ride, um, but just constantly tune in, check in how you feel, how you feel. Let that be your keyword. How do I feel? I love that, too. Yeah. And, and recalling, that's something I think everybody needs to take note of, because that was a deal. That was a deal, okay. for sure. And that kind of leads into my next question of, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Mm. man so let's see I was a freshman in college um I would tell my 18 year old self you're going to go through a lot of highs and a lot of lows you're going to experience things that will hurt you and you're going to experience things that will uplift you though I am your future self speaking to you I won't change your course nor encourage you to because this will ultimately allow you to develop into the greater aspect of yourself. So enjoy your journey. Be in the moment and trust that you will be taken care of. And I'll see you on the flip side. Did you plan that? That was just too perfect. No, I didn't. (laughs) I had to really think about myself and I'm like, because it's like, you know, why I try to, it's like, I think sometimes we, we mess ourselves up by trying to give direction, mm. you know, and sometimes that's not what's needed was, it's so much beauty in the unknown, you know, but, but to know that you'll be safe in the unknown is needed. 
Yeah. And that's why, you know, I will let my 18 year old self know you're going to be okay in all of this, even though it's good and some challenging things and some, all that. I'm going to see you on the flip side because I'm my future self talking to my past self or my inner self talking to my, my outer self talking to my inner self. Like that's truth. And I would just rather share with my younger self truth than trying to navigate her into a route that would ultimately take me off my course where I am now. Mm, absolutely. I love that. One thing I love to say and use in my personal life, but also tell to my friends and family all the time, is I had to learn how to be comfortable in my discomfort. Mm. You know what I mean, because I think so often we, we choose to stay in our comfort zones and we're like, oh, this is what feels good. This is what I'm used to. This is what I know. You can't expand that way. Life is about yeah. expansion. You can't expand just being in that little comfortable bubble of people, scenarios, situations, friends, whatever. If you stay in that box, you won't ever get anywhere. You won't ever grow. And right. like you said, you know, life, school of life, right? This is, we're right. here to learn, to grow, to prosper, to expand. So at the end of the day, you have to be comfortable in your discomfort. So now I've learned, you know what? How can I be uncomfortable today? What, what do yeah. I need to do to get out there and be un uncomfortable right now being on camera? It's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it and I'm going to get better at it. And guess what? It is what it is, but I'm here. Um, and I think you and I are both creators. So just being creators, we have to also have things that inspire us. So what mm -hmm. are some things that you personally... Um, having your life that inspire you to be just the best creator you could be? I would say the majority of people in my immediate circle mm. are my biggest inspirations. Like my mother, the fact that she did what she could do with what she could as a single parent actually inspires me as an adult because I'm like, man, right. I cannot even imagine being, you know, 1920-something with children. Like, mm -hmm. um, so she inspires me. My sister, man, her determination. My sister is so cross T's, dot I's. Like, that girl, she, she's very, she's very get it done, but she's in more of a linear way. Like, I'm more of the creative, floaty one, and she's like, boom, like, straight shooter. Um, so she inspires me. Um, Lewis inspires me, because he has evolved so much and just like I mean I have my we call ourselves our soul tribe we call ourselves like um my soul tribe inspires me my like it's just so many people that I've named a few but like it's so many and and again I feel blessed to to have that to have so many people that inspire me and 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 um even my dog he has given me the blues but like he has showed me the beauty of nature mm. that was a huge inspiration because I didn't get nature like that like I always had a connection with the earth and I love the earth but it's very different where you have to not only share a space with another living being but another being that's not in your same species right. 
that speaks a completely different language than you, um, that has extreme anxiety and extreme fear. And, and I didn't realize how, I didn't really grasp trauma until I had him. Mm. Because we think humans have trauma. Mm. We, we know about human trauma. But the fact that I got him at eight weeks, supposedly, he was eight weeks. I think he was. Um, but I got him at eight weeks. And he had so much trauma mm. at eight weeks. Everyone thought he was a rescue when I first got my dog. Because that's how high, strong anxiety, fear, he, he still is that way. He's calmed down a lot, but he still is that way. So it was a lot having a type of pet like this when I was like, all I wanted was a regular dog and I got the far left type of dog. Um, but I'm saying that to say that when you have something that is so far from what you think you are and you start to see that it's actually a mirror of you, whether it's your current you or your past you, or it's a mirror of you and to learn how to work with someone and accept them as them mm. it's such a huge inspiration because it teaches you how to accept you as you Ooh. dropping jewels that's absolutely true mm. yeah like even and, and even if you're challenged because he he uh, was mm. um and 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 he also taught me too don't get caught up on a person's cover because he is cute as a dickens like oh child like he everybody just i mean he looks like a little doll like he's so cute but that cuteness lasts that long when you have to currently live constantly is the word constantly live with that cuteness but it's only that much importance because everything else is overwhelming it, it teaches you to stop looking at things as pretty and great and that is associated as good mm -hmm. and something that's not pretty and great is associated as bad because you don't live with that. Oh. And so once you start living with that, you see that that mask comes down so quick yeah. because all the other stuff is what you have to really live with. Mm. And once you learn how to get beyond that and you dive deeper mm. you start to see that is he the problem or is he another product of his environment environment absolutely mm. which it was like mm. his mother was not properly treated well clearly mm. so it's that she she birthed him in trauma mm -hmm. he existed in trauma and so you know and i exist in trauma we all exist in trauma so it, it taught, it inspired me to learn how to deal with my trauma body. Wow. So he really ignited deep healing for me, like deep, deep, deep healing for me. Um, so all of that is an inspiration for me to be who I am as a person, as a professional, um, and just as a woman. So That's impressive. Wow. I feel like I just want to just sit back and listen because this is you're just giving some good knowledge and I and I know people are going to really enjoy this. I, it's really awesome. Um, so I wanted to know like a treatment that you gave somebody that kind of changed them in a very positive way that you didn't expect because you you're, you do like body healing, right? So we know that the body, yes, that's one aspect of us, but there's more to us. So was there ever a healing that you gave somebody or a treatment that you gave somebody and you didn't even expect the reaction that you received? 
wow i'm trying to it's it's been a lot of them um i'm going to say i worked with this client this particular client had um a drop foot they was originally paralyzed um regained their ability to walk again they were um had a third degree burn on um a body part and they were in so much pain and their burn was so severe even though it was healed up it was like a year like a year and a half post their burn so that like so again this person was originally paralyzed from a surgery they gained their ability to walk again but because of that they they walked very off their foot was um, collapsed they had um neuropathy they had a third degree burn on their body and so i had them and it was like in chronic pain and very like constantly itching that that burn spot um so i've never experienced a client like that and um and i worked with that client a few times and like i would say i probably after a few sessions like maybe three the client stopped taking um their pain medication that client scar improved significantly to the point they was considering not getting a second grafting done because they saw how much it improved um that client walked completely different they stood up straight um i was just like looking at them i'm like and they were just they was like feel this like feel the zone feel this area where you know their burn was and obviously i'm working on the body so i can feel it but like it was insane how much it improved texture so I wasn't expecting all of that, especially, like I said, when I say this, this client was in some pain, um, the fact that they were not like, they didn't need their, their medication. And they realized that that was actually keeping them in pain a little bit was their pain medication because it wasn't really helping the situation for them, you know? And, um, and again, I didn't tell them to do any of this stuff. This is stuff that they decided to do. And um, that was like the most wow type of experience I did, I had with the client. I would say probably that one. Wow. It was so much change in such a short period of time. And, and they just were, and when I first worked with them, I was like, oh my gosh, am I going, I knew they wasn't going to harm me, but they was just so delusional on so many levels. Um, and like after, like I said, a few sessions, I, it was like they were unrecognizable. Mm. They didn't talk the same. They didn't act the same. I'm like, what the heck? What is this? Um, and so that's when I started really seeing like the power of, and it, it wasn't me. Like right. I could be in my ego and say, yeah, I did that. No, I didn't do any of that. Mm. What honestly I do, I don't, I don't actually consider myself a healer. I heal myself. Yes. I don't consider myself a healer for others. What I do is I help people to tune into themselves by feeling themselves in a way they never felt themselves before. That ignites their healing. Yeah. So you help because it's themselves. awareness. They, they yes. heal themselves, basically. They heal themselves. Yeah. Through awareness of self. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's what I feel like he, he had such an awareness of himself. And he's like, wow, I don't have to be in pain. Mm -hmm. And the pain drives you crazy. Mm -hmm. So the fact that his he was out of pain, the craziness took away the itch, you know, the itch. Yeah. And um, and it just he started to self-soothe on a deeper level. I love that. That's a powerful yeah. Story. Definitely. 
So if if I say, you know what, I need to book a session with Tammy immediately because she knows what she's talking about and I need I need this facial, I need this massage, whatever I need, I'm gonna book you. What if I'm coming to uh, somatic healing? What do I expect? Like, uh, what am I? What what am I in store for? Expect the unexpected. Um, <laughs> um, I would say that. Um, honestly, my my sessions are very much so curtailed to each individual. I don't have a, a cookie cutter way of doing things. Even my energy sessions, like I may do certain steps that are the same, but it's so never the same ever. So um, it's really expect the unexpected and not in a negative way, but expect to experience what you need. Mm. Expect that because it's going to be different and don't expect is a better way of saying it for me to be able to replicate that session ever again. Mm. It's a one-stop shop. Mm. By that, again, I can do, let's use cupping. I can give you cupping and I can do cupping every session with you, let's say if that's the case. When you come to me, and get cupping, because I listen to your tissue, your cupping experience cannot ever be the same mm-hmm. because your body changes moment to moment. Yep. So that's what I mean by that. So that's why I say like expect the unexpected because if you expect for me to just go back in and, and one and two and three and four and like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I can't do that because I will be dishonoring um, an intelligent aspect of you that you may not have acknowledged its intelligence. Mm-hmm. but I know it's intelligence. So, yeah. Got it. So that would be that. And a great re- result. You should have great, great results. results. There we go. <laughs> great results. Um, you know, if I'm working with your skin, depending on your skin condition, you may notice that your skin has more vibrancy. You may notice that your skin may be less red. You may notice that your skin, pigmentation takes a minute. I always tell people that. Don't expect to get off the table if you have high pigmentation and your skin is going to be brighter and like 50% improved after one treatment. No. Um, same thing with acne. These things take time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you will notice, you will always notice a visible difference with me mm-hmm. after even one session. That's something that I would say majority of my clients will experience. But what you really will experience with time is a, such a deeper mm-hmm. appreciation for your results and for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you stay committed to the process, because all it is is a process of, it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. of becoming well. That's what I gift. And once you, and if we no longer, you know, resonates or connects for whatever reason, if it was a, if it was a one-stop shop thing, it was because that's all you needed. Mm-hmm. And so I now release you and you release me into being in tune with what we need to be tuned into that absolutely now if somebody's watching this and they're like wow i really love what tammy's talking about i really want to start a business like she did i want to get into entrepreneurship or anything they're interested in and they they look at you and they're like wow she's where i want to be what are some tips you could give someone that's like you know what i want to be like that i want to have a business like that i want to grow the way she did what's the best tips and advice you could give to them Hmm. um i would say the best tips and advice is to um, one, know your why. Mm. I would say that's your number one thing is know your why. Um, 
you can always be inspired by others, but don't try to be like anyone else because you lose sight of yourself. That's the second thing. Um, and the third thing is discipline. I think a lot of people want people's um, experience. They want people in results, but they don't want to go through what that person had to go through to get to those results. So never ask or wish for someone else's stuff because you may not be ready to have what comes with that. That's, the, that's another thing too. Because um, some people do want what I have, but again, like I said, the level of healing I had to go through to get to like kind of like an awakened aspect of myself, I don't feel most, an average person would want to go through even 10% of that, to be very honest. And I can't exclude that not being a vital part of who I am today, mm -hmm. because that's just true. So um, that's what I would say, like really know your why. Um, be authentic, yeah. like especially now, just, and don't follow trends. Yeah, okay. Be your own trend. Be your own trend. Be your own trend. Because when you try to follow trends, you will always be trying to chase after something. Yeah. But when you just are, if you just embody your gifts and say, this is what I have, this is what I want to create, then allow that, allow that seed to be planted really deep in the soil. Depending on what you want to grow, you might got to bury that tree, that seed very, very, very deep in the soil. And in its darkness, it still is growing. You just can't see it yet. So you got to stay consistent, even in your darkness. And once that tree breaks through the soil and it starts to be seen, you still need to nourish it and take care of it. So if you really want to be great at what you do, know that it is a constant commitment and it's good and, and it's bad. Mm. And even if people can't see your fully bloomed tree, mm. doesn't mean that it's not growing in the way it's meant to be. Absolutely. That's, that is awesome. That's a great way to wrap up. I mean, consistency is key for sure. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, I think you really gave like some <laughs> some hidden gems because we could talk about business and marketing and finance and all of those things, but without these things, it'll be hard to maintain. It definitely will yeah. maintain for sure. I, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate your business and all you do. How can Thank people you. find you? How can people subscribe to you? Like tell them where to find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram right now. That's probably where I'm the most active. And my Instagram handle is Somatic Healings. And I'll spell it out. I know it's a long word, but it's S-O-M-A-T-I-C-H-E-A-L-I-N-G-S. So it's Somatic Healings. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, you can email me at somatichealings at gmail.com. I eventually, maybe, who knows, might get a YouTube or something, but I don't have that yet. So I would say those are probably the main things. You can also check out my website at www.somatichealings.com. And um, yeah, I would say those are probably the best ways of getting in contact with me. 
Thank you, Tammy. Any final words that you want to leave for the people today? Well, one, I'm just very grateful for you having me be a part of this podcast. So thank you for allowing my voice to be heard. And um, whoever is tuning in, I really hope that you can gain, even if it's just one nugget of um, knowledge, but I really wish that whoever listens to this really have an inner spark within themselves to just really ignite their gifts and their passions and their talents and be confident to share it with the world. I do hope that that is what will come of some people that at least listen to this. Wow. I touch and agree with you, sis, on that one. Thank you. Absolutely great. Thank you so much tonight. And thank you all for watching. Check us next time. Thank you. Our Coaches for Freedom podcast, Small Business Saturdays. Thank you.